Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. My name's Rich. Um, I'm one of the pastors here at Rev. Um, and for those of you with kids and have embarked on homeschooling, congratulations to completing the first week. Uh, only another six or so to go until any sorts of changes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's great to see everybody. Um, even if you are trapped in little boxes on my laptop, um, it's great to see your lovely faces, to be able to worship together. Thank you, Shay and Debbie. Um, thank you, Malcolm and Kathy for leading us so well. Um, so yeah, as we, as we mentioned, um, we ki- we've kicked off a new sermon series last week um, called Living in Tents. Uh, Steph kicked us off and this idea of living in tents uh, really comes about from a few verses about Abraham um, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. We'll jump in there um, in just a second but before we do that I'm going to pray and then um, yeah and then we'll dive right in. Uh, Lord Jesus we just thank you Lord we thank you for your word uh, Lord and as we uh, look at this subject of faith and obedience today Uh, that, Lord God, you would uh, speak to our hearts, Lord, that you would uh, challenge us when necessary, Uh, Lord, you would mature us when necessary, Um, that, Lord God, we would grow in faith today, Lord, that we would grow, Lord, and step into all that you have called us to as your people. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness to us, and Lord, we just pray that as we open your word, Lord, you would give us ears to hear what you're saying to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you've got a Bible, then why don't you turn to Hebrews 11? It should come up um, on the uh, shared screen there. Um, But Hebrews 11, um, and we're going to jump in at verses 8 and read through to verse 10. Um, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And we see this phrase there, living in tents, the title of our sermon series in verse nine. Um, And we had a day away as elders and exploring elders. Um, Tom and Malcolm were with us. Um, and this phrase really just resonated with us. Um, and, and, and we see here Abraham called out to live in temporary dwellings, to live in tents, um, whilst he kept his eyes focused on the future and focused on God's eternal plan um, that he would then see unfold through his lineage and his family line. And we see uh, unfold throughout uh, the Old Testament scriptures. Um, and we feel as elders, um, then it's right for us at this time to move into a temporary structure. Um, we're looking for this uh, to be from the beginning of February, um, and it was, will essentially look like our Sunday gatherings will be multiplied out into um, six location hubs. Um, in the first instance, all of them operating on Zoom. Um, we'll share more in depth about details, practicalities, etc., etc. At, fam- at the family meeting, there'll be an opportunity to ask questions um, on Tuesday, so do please kind of tune in for that. And that'd be a great opportunity to kind of go a little bit deeper. Um, But it's really important that as we uh, come to our sermon today, that we hold two things really clear in our mind, Um, especially um, as we look at these few verses today. Um, Firstly, um, we believe that God has called us into this. 
this isn't just a creative solution um, to the frustrations that we feel about lockdown, about COVID, um, about restrictions. We genuinely feel this is a God-initiated move into these temporary structures. Secondly, uh, they are exactly that, temporary. Um, tents are not meant to be permanent structures. Um, and, and, and in our minds, we know this is a temporary move and we must guard our hearts and our minds from jumping, if you like, um, to step C, D and E. If this is just step A to B, um, then we mustn't make assumptions about where God would lead us. We must be open um, to the trajectory that God leads each of these hubs on um, as we step out um, and trust him to continually lead us. And so today uh, we're going to pick up with just four words um, from those few verses in Hebrews 11. Um, in fact, just the first four words um, of our reading it came up on the title screen at the beginning there. By faith, Abraham obeyed. And we see here Abraham did something out of a response to God. When God asked him to up and leave, he did it. We're going to have a quick look, um, just five verses back in Genesis. Um, I don't think these will come up on your screen, but if you have a Bible, uh, why don't you jump to um, Genesis chapter 12, uh, verses 1 to 5. We're just going to look at a little bit of context about these four words. Um, and so Genesis uh, chapter 12, maybe you have a device there uh, that you can look it up on, verses 1 through to 5. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. He took Abraham... Uh, and Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. You see, so these four words at the beginning of Hebrews, uh, or in Hebrews 11, Abraham, um, by faith, Abraham obeyed, um, is actually a part of a much bigger uh, picture of what's going on. It's quite a quick summary. And um, this isn't just one man, if you like, heading off. And the call is for Abraham, um, but the impact is felt much wider than that. Um, this isn't just his immediate family. Actually, it's broader than even just his immediate family. He brings his nephew Lot along with him, his brother's son. Um, he, they also take all of their possessions, all of the people that they've gathered in Haram, um, and they head out um, on this journey. Um, scholars reckon there could have been as many as 100 plus um, people if we include all of um, Abraham's household. Um, you see, it's bigger than just these four words. Um, in fact, even in, in, in the previous chapter where we've just uh, left off, um, Terah, Abraham's father, um, has just died. And then literally the next verse, Abraham calls, is, is called on. His entire household is called to move on with him. They take possessions, they take animals, they would have taken people, and they would have taken everything up um, and left. In fact, they've actually done this before as a family. Originally, uh, the family were from Ur and the Chaldeans. Steph had a beautiful map. Um, I am a map geek, just to confess there. Um, but Steph had a wonderful map last week um, of the journey that they would have taken um, to get to Haran. Essentially, um, uh, one of Abraham's brothers died. Um, 
and uh, his brother was called Haran, um, died and the family moved. Um, most of the family upped and left and went on this journey. And here Abraham's father has just died and the family up and they move again. And I sometimes wonder what, what would have been going through Abraham's mind I wonder what he would have been thinking about. I wonder if Abraham would even have wanted to go, given that he was probably in a season of potential grieving. Um, it's conjecture, it's speculation. The Bible doesn't necessarily uh, give us a clear definitive answer. Um, but we know that by faith, Abraham obeyed. He'd settled in this city, Haram. They'd obviously done well. They'd gathered possessions. They'd even gathered people. The household had grown. Um, and yet here, um, they're told to up and move. If there's one thing I know about moving um, and even just moving up the road in North London, it's a stressful business. Malcolm and Kathy have just moved um, from South London. It's a stressful business. And in verse one, Abraham didn't even know where he was going. <clears throat> Imagine packing up everything, putting it all in boxes, loading it onto the van, leaving your home um, with your man in a van and uh, not knowing where you're meant to be going that's essentially what Abraham does minus the van he gathers everything together sets out and he's got no idea where he's going to put things down and yet we come back to these words in Hebrews by faith Abraham obeyed so then let's unpack this idea what is faith well faith is a word that is often used and and because it's so often used uh, we can often lose the biblical understanding um, of what faith is. We can talk about um, a blind faith or intellectual faith or pragmatic faith or uh, even other faiths we might talk about. And um, we speak of faith uh, as, if you like, a set of beliefs or ideology um, that you might subscribe to. The Bible talks about faith as something much more dynamic. Faith causes you to trust, not just through a set of beliefs, but by your actions. See, it's interesting, at the beginning of our chapter uh, in Hebrews 11, we have this great definition of faith that is quoted so often. Um, now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. And then, interestingly, the writer of Hebrews then goes on to list example after example of what we might call faith acts. People who took action that demonstrated their faith in God. Faith isn't just about what you believe. Faith is about what you do with that belief. You see, that's why James can write in the book of James, uh, chapter two, verse 17, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. You see, true biblical faith is worked out when our actions fall in line with those beliefs. And at this point, we must be careful then that we don't fall into what we call legalism. The theologians call this legalism. Legalism is, if you like, a reversal of this idea of biblical faith. So legalism says that if you abide by a set of actions or works, that generates faith. If you follow this set of rules, that generates faith. Except faith doesn't come from action action comes from faith you see it's a reversal of what's going on and that's why in romans 10 uh, when paul writes to the romans in chapter 10 uh, verse 17 he tells us that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of god 
You see, not through works. It comes through hearing. It comes through belief. So what's this message then that we're hearing that inspires faith to come? Well, at its very foundation is the gospel. It's the message that we all need to hear. The gospel just means good news. It's a message that demonstrates God's commitment to his creation. Uh, we read in that passage in Romans 10 that it is the good news. It's not just some good news. It's not just you've had um, a great piece of news. It's something to celebrate. This is the good news. Paul is making a point that there is no better new good news on which our faith should rest. And the Bible says that God created all things. That includes you and me. And right back in the beginning of Genesis, Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden and conversed with God. They were in perfect relationship with him. And God gave them one command in the garden, not to eat of one particular tree. However, we see uh, Adam and Eve turned away from God. They disobeyed this command and ate that fruit that had been forbidden. And why did they eat it? Well, in Genesis 3, we're given a clue. We see the serpent came and spoke to them. They heard the serpent and it caused them to doubt. It caused them to uh, mistrust God. It caused them to disobey God's command. Instead of hearing the voice of God, they heard the voice of the serpent. And in that moment, chose to disobey God's command. And this disobedience is what the Bible calls sin. Sin causes actions to be taken not out of faith in God. Decisions made for very different reasons. And this disobedience then sets us on a path that is very different to God's original intention for us. In fact, the trajectory of our lives as a result of sin is towards death. The result of that disobedience is death. And the only way that we can escape that punishment is to obey God perfectly with our lives but you see we've got a problem there because actually we 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 can't obey god perfectly with our lives if we're honest with ourselves none of us would say that we're perfect and so we can't satisfy that punishment for that disobedience and so we see god sent jesus his son into the world it says in john 1 verse 14 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us that word for dwell is actually to live in a tabernacle or to tent. A tabernacle is just a tent. Jesus, if you like, camped amongst us. He lived in a temporary structure whilst on earth, keeping his eyes fixed on eternity, which actually is what we read about Abraham in Hebrews 11. All this so that he could live the perfect life that we never could. And when he was crucified on the cross, his life being perfect was given in our place. That he died in our place for our disobedience, for the death that we deserved. But you see, here's the mind-blowingly awesome conclusion to that good news. Because he was perfect in life, death had no claim over him. And he rose again. Three days in the tomb and he was resurrected to life. All those who have put their trust in Jesus, all those who have faith in Jesus' work on the cross, because of this, his death is sufficient 
to see us raised to a new life in him. The Bible calls this being born again. Born again to a life that is now devoted to following Jesus. Raised, raised to new life, to a life of obedience following Jesus. Not as a out of duty, not as a set of rules, but out of faith. You see, there is a step of faith involved. And uh, that's, that, that step of faith is to put our trust in Jesus. And the way we do that is through repentance. Repentance is to turn away uh, from that disobedience, to turn away from our sin and to trust in Jesus' work on the cross to satisfy what should have been our punishment. Motivating us to live lives of obedience by faith, not out of debt, not out of duty. The Bible says that we could never repay that debt. By faith, we obey. If you've never turned away from your sin or your, from your disobedience, I urge you to do that today. You can't wait until you have all things lined up until you've cracked this issue. That's legalism, as we looked at. In fact, the Christian life is about journeying with God as he reveals more and more to you about the state of your heart, about the, 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 the sin and walking in freedom from that. You see, God calls us to turn away from sin and find freedom, joy and delight in this new life in him. And so we come back to Abraham. By faith, Abraham obeyed. He was obedient when God spoke. He was obedient by faith. Any uncertainties or niggling doubts that he had, he didn't let them eclipse his trust in God or his faith to obey him. You see, there's a difference between legalistic obedience and trusting obedience. Legalistic obedience stems from an unbelief in God and a confidence in ourselves. Trusting obedience stems from a faith in God. In the book of Romans, we see this phrase to bring about the obedience of faith. Paul uses this uh, at the beginning of Romans in Romans chapter one, verse five. And then at the end in Romans uh, chapter 16, verse 26. If you like, it's at the beginning and at the end of the book of Romans. Um, the way Paul uses this phrase um, is almost to suggest it's a summation of his ministry. This is what he's trying to do. Is he's trying to support the work of the Holy Spirit to bring about the obedience of faith in disciples and followers of Jesus. See, Paul uses this phrase um, to uh, appeal to their faith to form the foundation for their obedience. He's not looking for his logic, his teaching, his persuasion uh, to form that foundation. He's not trying to reason with them. He's saying there's a principle at work here. He's pointing them to God. Be obedient to God. Paul's essentially saying, don't listen to just what I'm saying. Listen to what God is saying. There's a principle here that if we are all acting out of faith to obey God, then we're all moving towards the same goal. So what does that mean for these hubs? I'm not necessarily suggesting that we as elders cannot be wrong. Um, we are just men. Uh, we're accountable to God, uh, to others, to you. Um, but what we are saying is that we feel it's right in this season 
to move into these smaller hub locations in this next season. And we're taking steps of obedience by faith, not knowing the final destination, just like Abraham, keeping our eyes fixed on that eternal city whose builder, whose foundations and builder is God. Now, at this point, it's worth picking up. There's two types uh, of, of, of disobedience that I just want to touch on here. And one is to hear God's leading and just disobeying the call, just disregarding it. Uh, we see this uh, best, well, maybe not best exemplified, but exemplified in the story of Jonah. God basically says to Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh um, and um, confront them about their sin. And jo Jonah basically turns around to God and says, no, thanks. And then heads in the other direction. It's a direct disobedience um, of what uh, God has asked him to do. The other is perhaps more nuanced. Like Adam and Eve in the garden, um, what voices are we listening to that might undermine what God has said? It might not necessarily be ill-intentioned, but there might come a point at which we look back on the journey and think, this isn't, this isn't what God intended. This isn't what God spoke to me about. This isn't the, the, the fruit of, of, of what I thought God was going to do. And it's like Abraham, if Abraham perhaps had left his home and then deciding where he where he wanted to stop, um, perhaps in a fertile ground uh, next to some nice olive trees and green patch of grass and thought this will do. Um, maybe he would uh, never have made it to the land of Canaan and fulfilled the promise and become that great nation, a blessing to the nations. Um, but essentially, we can limit God by listening to other voices other voices that we give more weight or more credibility um, to. And you see, this issue of obedience challenges the very heart and motivation of us as Christians. I just want to share a couple of uh, examples from Tanika and uh, my lives about um, how we walk this line of, of obedient faith. Uh, Tanika and I, uh, we feel called to start business and have done so for the last 10 years. Um, and as we've prayed about it, we haven't felt peace uh, from God to press go um, just yet. We live in this tension of something we believe is from God, but not for just yet. And so we feel if we were to charge ahead, there would be a disobedience from perhaps a place of pride, just wanting to establish something, get something done. But then equally, if we were to delay too long, there could be a disobedience that's perhaps just rooted in fear of failure. Not being prepared to take those steps of faith and living with that tension. And we need a lot of wisdom um, and a lot of grace in that. Another situation um, might be living in London. If you've got a family, perhaps you've probably uh, come across conversations like this. Uh, with the growing family, two little girls, we understand the difficulties and challenges of committing to live in London. Uh, over the last nine months or so, lockdown or successive lockdowns, if you like, have only heightened those pressures, um, combined with uh, perhaps friends and family who uh, live outside of London, frequently asking questions, um, you know, about whether we're going to move outside, whether, um, you know, wouldn't it be nice to have a garden? Wouldn't it be nice for the girls to have separate rooms and all of those things? And yet, uh, every time we have those conversations, uh, we just come back to just with the same thing every time. What has God asked us to do? 
Now, our obedience isn't necessarily easy. But over time, God has grown a passionate love for our community and where we live. Uh, and at times, it may be tempting for us to stray into other things that may make life more convenient or just wanting a change. But we always come back to what has God called us to? And let's follow him in that. So in faith, we commit and we have to keep recommitting ourselves to the journey. And just as we come to an end, I just want to highlight uh, perhaps two things that hamper us from uh, perhaps being obedient. Uh, one is a sense of fear um, and another one, um, perhaps a sense of duty. Both of them uh, being rooted in unbelief. Now, fear can take many forms. Uh, fear of failure, as I mentioned before. Um, fear of man. What will other people think and say? Um, perhaps fear of the future. What will happen next week or next month or next year? Um, fear can cause us to disobey and not hold fast to trust to a trusting obedience that brings every decision in our life in line with God's intention and will for us. Fear creeps in, um, perhaps as, as we take our eyes off Jesus, which is why it's so important that we spend time in the word, in the Bible, while we meditate on who Jesus is, what he accomplished for us at the cross, and let those things shape our faith and our decisions. We trust God with those things that, that, that are most dear to us, and that empowers us to keep putting us, our lives and choices into his hands over and over and over again. It keeps bringing us back to the same thing. God, we want to be, be people of faith. We want to be obedient to what you've called us to. And secondly, is this idea of duty or, or if you like stubbornness, I think is perhaps a bit of a better word. Uh, well, it's not necessarily a nicer word, but sometimes we can often hold on to something um, when God is saying to move. Perhaps at times we feel uh, duty to just try and keep calm and carry on um, or we hold uh, too tightly to a certain way of doing things. And it can be hard to change, adapt and let go of some of these things. To be honest, the pandemic has forced change in so many different ways that it can be quite disorientating. And often uh, where we might have set out with joy or enthusiasm initially, um, by, by, by still holding on to some of the old, thing, old ways of thinking and doing things, uh, we can actually lose sight of what it is that God's called us to. Like that picture of Abraham. Perhaps he found nice green pastures, he found fertile soil, uh, pasture for the sheep, he found lots of space, um, and, and, and he could have just settled, but he didn't. So uh, imagine if we move into these hubs, but, we want, but, but held on to certain things. For instance, perhaps we wanted to hold on to this idea of having a full band on Sundays. Well, if we'd have done that through lockdown, it would have been exhausting for the team. At least if you think about moving into these hubs, it would take probably 24 musicians every Sunday. And actually for the sake of holding on to something, it becomes unnecessarily rigid. We become fixed about sung praise and it would be exhausting. And so we feel in this season uh, where God is asking us to step into uh, these location hubs, it's important that we step in with faith 
but with an open mind. And things may feel different, they may feel quite different, but we know that his spirit will be with us. We know that spirit will lead us and do incredible things amongst us. Abraham could have, um, yeah. Abraham didn't relent on the mission. Abraham didn't slink away. Abraham didn't disobey. He was obedient. By faith, Abraham obeyed. And we too, like Abraham, we want to have that same commitment. That as we step into this new season, that by faith, we will obey. And I just want to close by um, just, um, I guess, a bit of a call, really, a bit of a uh, charge. Um, we are called to live as a prophetic people. We are called to live um, as those that, 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 that live with a sense of calling, a sense of urgency um, from God. Um, and I read something um, that Terry Virgo wrote in uh, The Spirit-Filled Church, uh, which is one of his books, great book, um, just what he wrote about uh, the role of prophets in the church. And this is what he said. He said, a prophet proves that he is committed to the vision by being the first to respond to it. And that's not to say that you just blindly do whatever you, you, you feel right. There has to be a sense of God in it. There has to be a sense of conviction that this is right by the Holy Spirit. Um, and, then, and, then, and then an appetite and faith to take hold of that um, and step into that. Um, and I would say uh, for myself, um, I'm sad I have a prophetic gift and that would be my own story. Um, even as we met together as elders and exploring elders, um, and we were wrestling, you know, trying to figure out, God, what are the next steps for us as a church? What is the direction? Where are you leading us? Where are you taking us? Because um, we don't want to move without God's leading. And then throughout the day, as the day went on and conversation went on, just that, I guess, feelings of, of increasing frustration at not having any answers. Um, and then towards the end of the day, those few verses from Hebrews uh, 11 come out. And to be honest, uh, just uh, my own my own spirit just resonated with those verses and just this idea of living in tents. And just as we discussed, just that affirmation in my heart. Um, and I would say literally where I was hesitant about what the future might be after that time of prayer and after that time of conversation, um, there was a, there was a switch. I went from being uncertain to being resolute. And I think there's a call on us. If you have a prophetic gift and you feel this is of God, then there's a call on us to say, we're going to take hold of this. We're going to demonstrate our faith by stepping in. Uh, we're going to demonstrate our faith by obedience, by taking hold of all that God's got for us, because we believe that as we do that, this will lead to much fruit um, and much uh, joy and delight in God and much fruitfulness will come as a result of taking hold of the things of God. And so I'm going to pray. And just if you if you if you feel that you um, if you feel that that's uh, yourself, perhaps you um, perhaps you do live with a prophetic call, a prophet, prophetic call on your 
heart or um, you feel a sense of, or even even perhaps you've already felt that and you already feel a sense of affirmation that this is the right steps forward. Um, why don't we just still our hearts? I'm going to pray um, and then we'll close. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that you lead us and that you guide us. And Lord, we want to take hold of all that you have for us. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for Revelation Church. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the journey that you've brought us on. Lord, thank you for each and every individual, each and every household on these screens, Lord Jesus, that have taken hold of you, Lord, that have clung to you through the last nine months, Lord, that have laid hold of all of the uh, challenges and changes and all that that's meant, Lord, and kept faith um, and kept persevering in the midst of it. Lord, we we trust you to lead us forward. Lord, even though we don't know the destination, Lord, we put one step in front of the other, Lord, and we walk towards, Lord, your plan and purpose. Lord, we fix our eyes on eternity. We fix our eyes on that heavenly city. The one whose foundation and builder is God. Lord, we look to you, Lord, and we just say that we are in faith for the journey ahead. We are in faith for all that you have for us. And so, Lord, would you, uh, Lord, just right now, Lord, those of us that, um, Lord, those of us that just feel uh, a sense of, of calling, a sense of, um, a sense of this is what you're leading us into, Lord, we pray, Lord, would you give us uh, tangible practical ways lord that we can demonstrate taking hold of you that we can demonstrate our commitment to your plan and to your purpose in jesus name amen well just to say off the back of that before i hand back to malcolm and kathy that's not to say that if 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 you're still wrestling with questions and you're still um working through what god might be saying and doing that's not wrong that's not bad it's just important, I think, for us to heed the advice and not let some of those voices that might seem like wisdom or reason to necessarily speak louder than God. For us to be hearing God's voice, for us to be taking steps of faith, for us to be praying in faith, for us to be pursuing um, God in faith. And we trust that together God will take us somewhere. We trust that together uh, God will lead us into the promised land, lead us into the promises that he has for us, just as he did with Abraham and his household. Bless you guys.